Back on track. Friday night before my test. Almost done with the second book. Second go through of the book, but still have a little bit more to go. Never did any practice tests because they're so long. Looked at the HSK 6 books. Not as daunting as they were. The knife sharpener was back. Half Murph in the can this morning. That piano sound? I'll tell you what that was. Folks, it is Friday, July 15th, 2022. I'm Steven Sersky. Hope you folks are doing well. End of the week, end of the work week, and apparently, I'm on vacation. I had forgotten about this. Due to the, uh, the contract that I have, I have six days of vacation. I know, six days of vacation, uh, plus national holidays and all the other stuff that the, uh, the company would brag about. Uh, but uh, the last three days of my vacation are actually next week. And uh, since I thought I was going to be leaving town uh, this weekend, uh, now I'm not, I made myself unavailable for work. And so the next week, I have nothing else to do, which I'm not entirely uh, disappointed with, I'll tell you the truth. Um, tomorrow, as I've been going on about for the last couple of weeks, I do have my HSK-5 Chinese proficiency, Chinese language proficiency test, Mandarin Chinese prof language proficiency test. Uh, and I've been uh, working, I've been doing a lot of listening today to the HSK materials, to the uh, HSK-5 materials from the second book. I realized today um, that all the audio files I had were from the first book and I never did download the audio files from the second book. So... I downloaded those today. I've been listening through them. I've been reviewing a lot of the vocabulary. Um, my idea being that I've been talking about this uh, test prep book that I have, but it doesn't make sense to keep on practicing tests when it's not the it's not taking the test that's an issue. It's the vocabulary in the test, and it's the the grammar for the writing sections that I need to address. So knowing that. I am focusing more on exposing myself to uh, the uh, uh, vocabulary that I don't know, as much of the vocabulary as possible at the uh, HSK-5 level, and then, of course, uh, touching on all of the grammar points uh, in, in the textbooks. Now, textbooks, I think I have chapters 34, 35, 36 left uh, to do. I may or may not get them done before the test, but tomorrow morning... I think what I'll do is I'm going to just go through my vocabulary vocabulary again and then also practice uh, a lot more of my writing to start writing sentences uh, and everything. In addition to listening to those files once again, uh, probably on my hopeful bike ride tomorrow morning if I get up and get going early enough. Um, and then also on the way to the test, which is at 1.30 p.m. in the uh, embassy district. Did print out my admission ticket today, uh, so that's ready. Passport's ready. It's all going along now, and I'm still not nervous. And this kind of, that concerns me a little bit uh, because it's like if you're not nervous, then like, how much do you care? And it's not so much I don't care. I don't feel like I'm I'm not caring about it. It's that I'm so tired of going on at these HSK five materials that I just want it over with. That being said. Um, with this test date, it really did push me to to focus on the test uh, on the books a little bit more to open up that test prep book. Um, and I'm thinking, even though the test is tomorrow, 
I hate to say it, I might not pass, like, or I might not get a good grade, a good enough grade, uh, and I might have to take it again. And if that's the case, that means after this test is over, I'm not going to ease up just yet. Uh, I'm still going to try to uh, bang through those uh, textbooks uh, and do a few more of those practice tests uh, if I can. Um, I'm not sure if I'll get a practice test done tomorrow. Um, good question. I would like to keep on doing them anyway uh, to um, basically just make sure I, I know the material before I actually go ahead and purchase the HSK 6 textbooks. And I was looking at those and I, I mean, looked at it. It's 40 chapters. It's 20 chapters in each book with 40, char 40 words in each chapter and it is all in Chinese but the format is very similar to the HSK 5. Considering how I remember looking at these books back at the BLCU bookstore a couple of years ago when I was buying the HSK 5 textbooks, the HSK 6 doesn't seem as daunting as it once was. So um, it is a step in the right direction. Uh, I, can, I certainly feel my language skills uh, improving, even though I know there's still a lot more room to be done. And I, I, I was kind of thinking today, and I know what's going to happen, is that I'm going to be that guy who got HSK 6 only to have the system changed on him by the time I actually get HSK 6, which could happen within the next year, next year and a half, uh, which is my goal uh, for the, uh, the, the sixth, uh, HSK 6 level. It also means that after this test, it's really no time to have any breaks. It's like you basically got to hit it hard again, keep on going on uh, with the studies. Uh, and I, I kind of wonder what I will do with my life once I'm done these books. <laughs> Seriously, wh what do you people do? Um, I'm very curious. Actually, if you could send me uh, something, just give me an indication what real people do uh, with their time when they're not studying a, a language like Mandarin, Chinese. I am, th I, I am sort of thinking of my students sometimes because... They have to practice a lot of times, like for the IELTS, for the TOEFL tests, and for like the GRE. A lot of them have a speaking, like they, they can incorporate all four skills, whereas HSK only does three. That's reading, writing, and listening. There's no spoken test. Now, being in China, I'm not too concerned about the spoken test because I can practice it and get real feedback right away. But the the street-level Chinese is not the same as the a standardized uh, spoken test Chinese. I was thinking about doing it. If anything, I might make a couple of videos about it. It was sort of a, an idea I had in mind. And if you've noticed, I haven't been posting to my language vlog. It's because I've been focused on the, the textbooks. Like I, I've uh, even today going through the textbook, <clears throat> I was listening to all the uh, uh, the audio files and reviewing the vocab from the second book. Um, in between my workouts too, as well. So, a lot of, a lot of study, a lot of work. I don't know. Like, what do people do with their uh, their time? Um, with that, uh, so tomorrow I will uh, continue with the, some of the vocab review and do a little bit of writing as well. I never did do the practice tests because they're just so bloody long. <laughs> it's a two-hour test, uh, and I was very hopeful and uh, optimistic that I was going to be able to do a test per day. And I might even be able to do them next week. At least get through another couple of them uh, and just see what my 
uh, grade level is after the test. Keep in mind, tomorrow when I write the test, it's sort of the summation of what I know of the language up until like the I guess 3:30 p.m. when the, the class is over or the the test is over. If I do all those tests next week, how much does my language change? Right? So whether I finished all the tests this week or I took another one or two weeks to go through them, like if I pushed it off by another month, would my Chinese change that much? I mentioned before, two to three hours per grade point uh, increase, right? So ostensibly, I could have done another 90 hours of, uh, of, of work, of, of studies, boosting myself up by um, another 30 points or so, right? Uh, now, 30 points from 62... I'm going, or from, I, sorry, uh, 30 points from 180, it'd be 210. So, oh goodness, what is it? 210 divided by 300, what is that? Um, I'm going to have to look that up. Nope, not that one. 210, 210. Did you get the number already? 70%. So, boost that up to a 70. Yeah, it'd be nice. It would be. And I could, I, you know thinking of it maybe i'm um shafting myself here uh by not pushing it off by another month so because if i did get a 72 percent, that'd be pretty good for me right now that's a c um that's what i got in the uh, last test and this one's a little bit harder i know but with this test i feel a whole lot more confident in my abilities to simply like be able to do the test. So it's not a question of can I do the test. It's more of a question of how much of the vocabulary am I going to remember and how much of the grammar am I going to recognize going into that uh, the first part of the writing to, uh, writing part. So that's that. Those are my big uh, sort of focal points. Uh, what's sort of I'm thinking about most when I'm going into that test tomorrow. Pleasant little uh, reminder that life is actually uh, sometimes coming back to uh, normal even though there are some Shanghai lockdowns and this COVID thing just isn't leaving China. I, I, I'm not getting started on it. The knife sharpener was back. He was here yesterday and he was uh, calling out. It was all nice and quiet too. It was very peaceful. And then all of a sudden uh, it was, he was singing, right? And he was like loud. I'm not sure if he was, maybe there was two of them yesterday. I'm not sure, but this guy, he was really loud. He was right outside my window. And it, it just seemed that uh, as if he was, Given it as it's a recording, and I'm not sure why he had it so pumped so loud, but he did. Uh, this morning, I managed to get my half Murph done. For those of you who aren't familiar with this, this uh, the uh, Murph is a CrossFit uh, competition that takes place every year. Uh, it's a, it's actually like a, a cycle of exercises that you can do. So it's a one mile run with a weight vest. So this is all done with a weight vest, by the way. One mile run, and then you do 100 pull-ups, you do 200 push-ups, and then 300 squats, and then another one-mile run, and you're scored on how long it takes you. Now, I've taken this up as to be my Friday morning challenge, uh, and so today, after my uh, two-mile run that I did, I did it in under 21 minutes, about 20 minutes and 45 seconds for 2.08 miles. A mile is 1.6 kilometers, so times that by two, you get 3.2 kilometers. Um, getting into the half Murph that I do, because I only do 
I call it the half Murph. It's not really because I don't even do half. Uh, with this Murph challenges competition, you're able to cycle through sets of pull-ups, push-ups, and, and squats. And so that's what my goal has been over the last couple of weeks is to do the one-mile run and then do five or six pull-ups, 12 push-ups, and then 20 squats. And then, uh, and then after I do five, six, seven rounds of that, I go for another mile run. Uh, total time today. So the, the after the two-mile run warm-up, I then went for the one-mile weighted run. So it took me 10 minutes and 30 seconds. I managed to do seven rounds of five or six pull-up variations, 12 push-ups, and then 20 squats. Now, the push-ups, yes, I did drop to my knees. I just... <laughs> wearing a weight vest it makes those push-ups just that much harder i'm not gonna lie uh, and that took me a total of 22 minutes and 11 seconds and then the uh, last mile uh, just over a mile i ran was another 11 minutes and 29 seconds for a total of 44 minutes and 11 seconds so i'm not sure where that places my places me in any competition i don't really care i'm not tra i'm not training for any competition it's just these numbers are for my own personal development um and i i will look it up just to see how i'm measuring up against the people who actually do this as their sort of actual life um but um i don't need to hit any sort of specific numbers just yet not too concerned at all uh, but then after that, I did manage to get my second workout in this afternoon. And if you're thinking, uh, Steve, that's crazy, dude, that's like, what are you doing? Again, yes, another two miles in the sun. And then I did a kettlebell workout, 30 minutes, actually. I was quite surprised I was able to go on uh, that long, 20 kilograms, and did a couple of kettlebell variations. Sounds like a lot, and it is. <laughs> uh, so, but consider the total here, okay? 20 minutes to do two miles. 45 minutes to do this half Murph. That's an hour, thereabouts. You, you cool down. Um, I think I did a walk afterwards. Yes, I did a I did a cool down walk as well. Uh, and then you know, shower up, get changed, and everything, and you're you're in business. The afternoon, very similar. 20 minutes for a two mile run, and then 20 to 30 minutes for a workout, cool down, get back to work. So it's two hours of the day. And the way I see it is that it's two hours that are often spent in, in transit, like uh, commuting to or from work. That's what I'm basically replacing my commute to work with is these very high intense, <laughs> high intensity workouts, I know. Um, but cycling to work, I, I used to do that. It used to only take me 20 minutes, but I'd only be burning about 150 calories, a lot easier on the body, I'm not going to lie, compared to running. But now I run for 20 minutes and then I do an extra workout. Um, I, I see it's not just about dropping fat. It is, that is a goal of mine. But it's to, be, to have that functional maneuverability. It's to have that uh, strength so that if I needed to lift th things, it's not hard, it's not difficult. Um, and yeah, some of it is for aesthetic reasons. But uh, at the same time, you know, I... I talking about this a couple days ago but whether or not this is sustainable and I, i'm starting to think going wait a minute what's not sustainable here is like is it the working out two days uh twice a day or is it 
um, the cycle that you're going through, like the Monday to Friday sort of workout schedule that you have? Is it the type of exercises? Is it the the diet? And by diet, I mean the what I'm eating and how often I'm eating and what I'm drinking and consuming throughout the day. So what part of that is not sustainable? Uh, I, I, I'm going to have to refer to Instagram and go, I see a lot of guys older than me in their upper 40s, in their 50s, even in their 60s, there's a there's a CrossFit category for that, and uh, you know they they look good, they they're moving pretty good. Now, can they keep on doing this for another ten years, twenty years, thirty years? Who knows? Um, I'm not gonna lie. There is a bit of a um, concern in my mind that, uh, much like I mentioned, I was watching Mad Men yesterday, and there's a smoking. Um, uh, they all smoked, and then later on, Don Draper quits smoking. And it's like such a shock. I kind of wonder if the same thing's gonna happen, like with CrossFit or all these um, these workout people that you know they're they're consuming so much creatine or all these supplements. Uh, whereas I've chosen to go much more for the whole foods. I, I don't use supplements. Um, like I don't take creatine or whey protein. None, none of that. It's all natural, as, as natural as that can be. I mean, I don't verify whether or not they're. I, I don't verify the sources to tell you the truth, but they're whole foods, right? They're whole foods that I'm consuming. Um, I don't take any vitamins uh, to supplement anything. If I think I'm in a deficiency for some vitamin, I will look up what food contains that vitamin, and I will go find it or something similar that's available in China, and I will buy it and eat it. The only one that I can uh, think that I think I might have a deficiency of is vitamin B because that typically it happens as you get older you don't get enough uh, vitamin B in your system I think part of it has to do with um, like actually as a child the reason why they, they get such vitamin B sufficiency is that they eat these cereals that are fortified with uh, vitamins and minerals whereas as you get older uh, you stop eating those those cereals a lot of times there's a lot of sugar uh, but you don't eat cereal as much and as a result you don't get your vitamin b now i do have my vegemite that is full of vitamin b i have that vegemite butter and rye bread or whole grain toast basically that's that's my second part of my breakfast <laughs> uh so yeah that's uh, it's all whole foods and everything uh and uh that's what i'm focusing on going on thinking about 20 to 30 years in the future, are these people consuming vast amounts of creatine? I mean, is it good for you? All these supplements like BCAAs, L-carnitine, all this stuff. What is the long-term repercussions of consuming those supplements to such an extent? Right, That's my concern about those supplements. Um, but I'm not convinced I really need them, to tell you the truth, uh, especially given that my workouts are more for myself and they're more functional in nature and they are built around the idea of being an expat of being a traveler of being in a situation where i don't have my supplement container box with me and i only have the food that's available to me right then and there but i also have my body and suitcases and stuff like that that i can still get a workout in now whether or not i have the motivation to do that is another good question uh so those are some of the things that I think about when I'm doing these two-day workouts and some of the habits I'm trying to develop uh, going forward. How much of this will stick? How much, how, how much of it will uh, uh, disappear over time? Hard to say. Don't know. That piano sound, 
you know what that was? You know, uh, was it a couple days ago? I said, yeah, there's a piano playing in the morning, very early. I'm like, this is very dun, dun, dun. It was a car backing up or uh, like a truck. You, if you're in China, you know the one I'm talking about. We don't have this in Canada. Um, not sure about the States, but here in China, uh, they have these. Um, actually, in Canada, we do have it uh, on the trucks, on the big trucks. Like there's a certain uh, size of truck um, that you have to have an audible backing up sound on the vehicle or available to the vehicle. Uh, but here in China, everything has it. So like, um, maybe the cars don't. But all of the, uh, like your transport vehicles, your tuk-tuks, your, uh, like those, uh, the, the tricycles and stuff like that, all those, the rickshaws, they all have them, right? I think it was a truck backing up, and it would make sense because they do start pretty early, those guys. And I'm guessing that, um, I, I don't know what time it was, I, I wasn't really conscious of the time, but I do know that it was a constant reversing sound piano-type song type sound so that's what it was it was a it was a vehicle all right folks wish me luck that's it uh i don't have 10 ideas for you 10 ideas let's see uh can, how, how fast can we do, do this uh 10 ideas for languages to learn uh okay mandarin chinese cantonese two of them if those are too hard can you do japanese for the culture uh manga uh, that's three ideas those are three very difficult um uh, languages to learn how much of the world would you cover with those languages, though? Because keep in mind, Mandarin Chinese, mainly spoken in China. And unless you're going to come here or do direct business with the people here, not much use for that language if uh, if you want to spend that much time um, learning it. Japanese, a lot of it for the culture, but is it still there? Because a lot of that manga stuff gets translated into other kind, other um, languages these days. So that's three. Uh, French would be a good one. Um, lots of uh, lots of culture available there. That language is spoken around the world. Same with Spanish. I was actually thinking about doing a three-month, a 90-day three uh, Spanish sprint. It, it just sort of popped into my mind. How much can I learn of Spanish within a 90-day period? Or even like with, in one month. You know, like Spanish September or something like that. I don't know. I don't know how, many, how much more work I want to create for myself, right? Uh, it's four, right? Five. There you go. Uh, Swahili, why not? Uh, pick a language from the sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, Swahili seems to be a very widely spoken language um, throughout. I'm not sure how easy it is. It'd be pretty crazy to learn, I'll tell you. Not too many people I know. Uh, no one I knows. No one I know knows it. Uh, Latin, because I, it seems to keep on popping up in my life. Uh, people say it's helpful for your your verbosity, your uh, vocab and stuff like that. I don't know if you need to. I think it can give you a good conversation every now and then. But when people find out that you study Latin, they'll usually think that you're either hoity-toity, very cultured, um, or something along those lines. And that you're you're, in other words, you have money. You have money to spend the time sitting around reading a language that no one uses. That being the case. There are quite a few accounts on Twitter that talk about speaking Latin. It might be kind of cool to find out. That's what, seven ideas? Eight ideas, you can do ancient Greek, but that's going to be 7B, uh, because uh, ancient Greek, you, you can just learn modern Greek there, number eight. Modern Greek, uh, be kind of neat. It's a different, uh, it's a Greek alphabet, of course, a little bit different from uh, the Cyrillic alphabet that uses Ukrainian or Russian. Um, 
but uh, you can still kind of keep in line with the from the ancients to the moderns listen uh, reading modern greek translations of the ancient greek passages there you go right uh number nine i'm going to go with that no i'm going to go with ukrainian yes uh learn ukrainian it's a language that uh, is in the news right now uh, that, uh, let's put it this way, whenever you hear someone say that Ukrainians speak Russian too, it's because a hundred years ago, Stalin and Lenin went on a rampage across Ukraine as they incorporated a lot of other countries who had nothing to do with uh, the Russians or the Soviets prior to that, except, you know, maybe on a trading or war bases, and they basically tried to squash the country, the culture, and its people, and enforced mandatory Russian lessons. So that's why Ukrainians do speak Russian. It's because they were forced to, and many of their grandparents were either shot, well, actually, the grandparents who, the reason why they speak Russian is because the grandparents said, okay, gotcha, we're going to speak Russian. If the ones that don't speak Russian, it's because, well, they're not there, and the Russians shot them, typically. Learn Ukrainian. Uh, vast uh, Ukrainian culture, and it is a global language. You can find Ukrainian communities around the world. Brazil, Br Argentina have massive Ukrainian communities. Um, Australia, lots of Ukrainians down there as well. Not so many here in uh, in China. Um, and right now, yeah, Europe inundated with Ukrainians, which some say might actually be an issue going forward. Where are all those Ukrainians going to go if they can't get back to Ukraine? Idea number 10 for languages to learn. Oh, what else would you learn? Indigenous language. Uh, Ojibwe. Uh, from North America. Yeah, that's what I, I think if I were to do... Uh, if I were to pick one... Wow, or would it be Cree? Well, see, that's the thing. Uh, I think from my hometown... Uh, like Cree, Ojibwe... Uh, there's another big one as well, the Anishabari. Uh, I'm pronouncing that wrong. They, what's their language? Oh goodness, I know someone's listening to this and going, "It's this." Forgive me, but yes, uh, indigenous language from North America. Uh, those are also languages that have been um, suppressed over time, and they are making a resurgence. I wish that they would start producing culture and um original materials in them that are not derived or based solely on the uh horrid like the uh, atrocities that they faced rather rejuvenate that language or those languages and make it a living language like that i mean i'm not saying don't write about what happened i'm saying in addition can there be more Right, and that, that's just not that's not just literature. It's TV. It's everything. It'd be great to see that those language uh, languages continue living that way. All right, I'm gonna leave it there, folks. That's it. I know I went on longer with those ten ideas, but uh, hope you uh, spurred some ideas in your mind as well. Maybe something uh, else you can take a look at if uh, practicing Mandarin Chinese isn't enough for you. Uh, yeah, I got another year and a half of it apparently. Yay! And tomorrow is going to be a mark of my progress folks thanks for listening i appreciate it show notes tracks and vids up on my website stevensersky.com have a good one stay cool we'll talk again bye bye